Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. And you can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch good things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV. Now, you've heard of the Amber Alerts and the Silver Alerts, but that's not the only kind of alert that could keep vulnerable Mississippians safe. Joining us to tell us a little bit more is Michael Hartman. She's a mother and an advocate for the Purple Alert, which we'll learn about today. Hi, Micah. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? I am doing well and doing well and excited to hear about uh, this uh, new alert that you have been working on the ground, boots on the ground, in the trenches to sort of get off the ground. So tell us about the Purple Alert. So the Purple Alert, um, I've got to tell you, it just was a God thing. Um I heard of a horrible story that happened in December about a young lady who, I'm sorry, I said December, January, who, um, 17 years old, her name is Kayla, you can look her up, her last name is Durler, she was put on her special needs bus and driven to a school that was closed down for the day and dropped off, and nobody knew that she was missing, and she was going from store to store, it's all caught on camera, um, being nonverbal, um, nobody understood, and nobody really reached out to help her, and I saw where Maryland was scrambling to get this purple alert, and when I saw it, I was like, what's the purple alert? I need to know more, and so I looked up, and Florida does have a purple alert already in place. Theirs is a little um, different than what I'd like for the state of Mississippi to be. The purple alert in the state of Florida is geared more towards adults with mental or cognitive disabilities. I'd like to make ours persons um, so that it can include all ages. We have children with cognitive disabilities. We have seniors with cognitive disabilities. So making sure that we're the gold standard. But basically it is exactly what it says. Ours Ours is worded to establish as additional means to aid search of missing persons with cognitive disabilities. We know that children um, with Down syndrome and with autism can be what we call bolters, which is like runners or elopers. Um, oftentimes, they run with their head down and as fast as they possibly can with no intention to stop. So I hear, you know, I personally know my own story. My my little guy, Hudson, was born with di- with Down syndrome but later diagnosed with autism, and um, and he's a runner. He doesn't look back to see if mom is with him. He's nonverbal. He wouldn't be able to tell whoever where he should be or who he should be with. But I've heard of these stories so many times. 
But then this week I was shared about a, a man in Maryland, 31 years old. He went missing for six days. His name is Rashawn Williams. He got somehow mis- like like lost his bearings of where he was on the metro system in D.C. and found himself in a closet that locked behind him. And um, and his family was desperately searching for him. And um, and and they found him. And of course, he had to go to the hospital. Um, but he he um, is set to to do well um, and from this traumatic experience but even when they found him there were missing posters all up around close to the door in which he was inside so um so you know we don't need to wait until mississippi has um a horrible story like 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 the 17 year old in Mar- in pennsylvania or the 31 year old in maryland we need to make sure that we're putting measures in place to protect our children micah how would this work let's just go ahead and assume that our legislators are going to see the significance or the benefit of this and it does become law here in mississippi i'm not really sure how the amber alert and the silver alert work until i get one on my phone but how would you go about getting that alert out like once if we had the policy and we sort of had uh, the ability to do it taking any of those stories that you just shared, Micah, like what would the family's then steps be to make sure that that alert got out? Absolutely. So making sure that once that once law enforcement get involved, that they know, then it would go over to the Mississippi Bureau of Investigations. They are the ones that push out the amber, silver, and blue alerts. We're not reinventing a wheel. We're just adding another color to an already existing wheel. It would go out that exact same way. And what I'd like to see us do is be able to make that as a singular or in combination with so that you could get an amber purple alert or you could get a silver purple alert. That information is vital when you're talking about so and and I'll just use my own son as the example. If Hudson were to be kidnapped, um, that's just horrific for me to even say out loud. But if if that were the case, he takes daily medications. He eats by a G tube. Um, he's not going to know that he's in danger. He's not going to know to say he needs help. There was recently a young lady who was able to put up a help me sign in a car window, and somebody happened to see it as they were dri- driving by. My son wouldn't know to do that or know how to do that. And um, and so, you know, having that purple attached to those alerts, you know, and again, a, a law or anything that we do is only as good as, getting that information out for people to know about it. So thank you for having me because the purple alert, once we get this into place, I can see many multiple pieces needing to fit together to making this be a successful campaign. We need to have a public service announcement out there letting everybody know what the purple alert is should one come across their phone so that they are aware of what that means. I'd also like to be able to get somewhere where we can register should purple alerts go out, like families like mine would be willing to travel anywhere in Mississippi to go be volunteers to help search for the person. Um, There was a four-year-old just a couple of weeks ago in Alabama with autism that was missing from his mama's loving arms for 24 hours, and they found him safely. But in that time of a purple alert going out, if you had a registered database of volunteers that were willing to come out and help search, um, you know, that time, timing is everything. We do know that children and, and adults alike that are um, non-vocal or non-verbal and, and bolters, runners, that 
oftentimes in tragedy when they are are found, um, 70 to 90 percent of the time it's it's a drowning, um, and then that other is running into like busy streets or so time is everything. Yeah. There was a story in Florida of a mama who um, had her son gone right instead of left, he would have wound up right at water, and so when. She realized he was missing. She went right to the water. Luckily, he went the opposite direction and was found eight homes down inside of of, um, an entryway of someone else's home. But, I mean, it it was just a a blessing of which way he turned. And and that's just a a horrific side. You know, there's things we can do as, as parents who have children with special needs. All of my doors have alarms on them. We know that, that Hudson is, is a runner, so oftentimes you'll see him in his wheelchair when we're out in public. Um, there was a story the other day I went for pizza, and a guy was telling me about his friend's child with special needs that cruising the coast when it comes around, he always goes missing. And But luckily enough, people know him and know where to get him back to. And that's a huge blessing, but you don't always have that. So you can put GPSs in shoes, but that doesn't mean the child's going to be wearing those shoes. You can put them on a belt. That doesn't mean the child will be wearing the belt. So doing this purple alert just gives a sense of relief for families like mine to knowing that there are protections out there should we need to call for help. Well, and two, as the public, uh, Micah, I would be, you know, if I'm out there looking or sort of as I kind of do or sort of share, you just have that extra layer of information that this individual, regardless the age, may not be able to communicate. You just have that extra information. So if you find yourself, you know, uh, with the with the victim or with the person missing, then you know how to better address it or ask for help or, you know, information's everything. So I think it's just like you said, it's just that added layer of information for those that would be out there looking for the person that's missing and just letting them know that, hey, someone is gone missing that doesn't need to be, you know, out alone and then having more troops out there sort of uh, looking for a loved one. I I can't see why this isn't a good thing, Um, uh, Micah. You've already got the ground running in terms of getting this um, into law. So who authored your bill? Where is it in sort of that process? So it has been, it's already gone through the lawyers and Representative Mansell is, um, is the one that's introducing this. Of course, once we get it dropped and we get a number assigned, I'll be calling every single representative out there to, to co-sponsor this. It is good. It's good for, for our state. It is, it's, it's bipartisan. It's just an added layer again not trying to recreate something, just adding to an already existing um, good good thing for our state. And, um, you know, I, what you just said is, is absolutely correct. The, the information out there, when you talk about children with disabilities um, and some of their behaviors, so an example, a gentleman in New Jersey, his name was Ethan Saylor, he um, ended up um, passing away at the hands of law enforcement because law enforcement didn't understand um, what his stemming was. It looked like he was guilty of something, even though he was doing what he should have been doing with his caregiver at a movie theater, but um, he ended up being placed in a chokehold. And again, it comes down to training and education. So, well, Micah, you have educated like us a lot today on the Purple Alert. We'll be looking for more information on that. I truly appreciate your time here on Good Things. This will not be the last time that we talk about this so i look forward to having you back thank you rebecca all right you guys stick with us we got more for you coming up next beat 
positive, and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Things. Don't forget, we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. Hope you've downloaded that on your smartphones. You can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And don't forget, you can watch us. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV. And, two, don't forget that our Supertalk Mississippi news team is covering your Mississippi stories. So stay up to date. You can sign up for our free weekly newsletter. All you have to do is go over to supertalk.fm slash newsletter. And if you click the lifestyle button, you'll always find the good headlines. And oftentimes they're a recap of what we do here on Good Things. But I did see a few you might want to know about. The Mississippi Department of Archives and History has approved more than $3 million in restoration projects at 17 historic sites. One from your town may be on that list. It will be getting a little bit of a facelift. And if you're into comedy, we've got icon Theo Vaughn. He is to perform at Thalyamar Hall coming up in March. I'll have to admit, Rhino, you're, you're shaking your head, but... Do, would I know Theo if I if I heard his stuff, or do I not if need you, to hear his if stuff? If you dig back in your memory banks to an earlier time on MTV, oh. I'm pretty sure he got his start on uh, one of those real. I don't remember if it was Real World or Road Rules or one of those, but he was one of the instigator kind of characters they brought in to just kind of. Mix things up a bit, mm-hmm. and that he became very popular through that, and meandered his way through all of the MTV reality world into now he's doing stand-up comedy, and he's become kind of a big deal in stand-up comedy. Have you ever been to a? I don't know if the word's professional is correct, but like a professional stand-up comedy show. I've been to what like laugh houses or. Some of those things where you go to like Dollywood area or Gatlinburg area, they've got like the comedy place. Then they have like it's like I guess it's like open mic night, but not. I've been to a few of those. Yeah, but I've never, I don't think, paid money for a ticket like you would a concert to go to a comedy show. Have you ever done that? I saw Brian Regan at Dalyamara Hall one time, and he is what kind of comedian? Uh, funny, he, I hope. Yeah, he's he's one of the clean comedians. Gotcha. You do. He, he you makes it a point of, of he will curse of occasionally. In fact, there's a famous clip of him on a radio show where they tried to get him to curse on the radio. And, and because of the audience we have, I'm not going to repeat it, but it was not one they had to bleep. Uh, so it was it was still family friendly. It was probably yeah. found in the Bible is what they would say. Uh, that and would be- Theo, he, he began his professional career in entertainment at the age of 19 when he starred in MTV's Road Rules Maximum Velocity Tour. Oh, Lord, Road Rules. He just brought back yeah. a, a ton of memories that are unnecessary. Then he was on The Challenge. Then he was on the real world Road Rules Battle of the Seasons and Battle of the Sexes. And then, in 2006, he competed in The Last Comic Standing, and that's where he got his feet under him as a stand-up comedian. He's from Louisiana. Real world. Don't you think that was the gateway into what we have now in terms of reality TV? Oh, yeah. That that planted the seed for Survivor, and then the 
massive hit that was Survivor. Cause it's still going, rules, right? Oh, yeah, it's okay, still, going, but, still going. But Road Rules in Real World was a hit amongst teens and the MTV crowd. It didn't really gain a whole lot of traction mainstream or primetime. But the idea reason. of following people around and having lightly scripted or unscripted moments that were then compiled into a narrative lended itself to Survivor, and then Survivor was huge mainstream and in primetime. So everybody wanted a piece of that pie after that. Real world, they all lived together, like in a little apartment, lofty sort of thingy. Oh, yeah. Road rules? Did they go on like a... They were all in a RV movie? or something okay. going on a trip. I mean, it's been years since I sat in wasted brain cells watching that. Oh, yeah. I was st- we were both probably not too young to watch it, but too young to watch it. Yeah, middle it school, high school, school, watching college age stage. and older. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it kind of spiraled um, after. But then again, that. that was kind of par for the course for that time. Because I remember being a wee lad watching Saved by the Bell thinking, high school is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Except we didn't have a the max. We didn't get to go off campus to a little restaurant in the middle of the day. We did. We're not in the middle of the day, which is just crazy. I'm going to share the story. The school's no longer there. I went to uh, in Byram. You know where that's at. The old Byram High School, which is now a Chick-fil-A. Go figure. Um, but it was directly across the street from a McDonald's. And you're talking about, I'm trying to think I'd have been there. It had been middle school, so it would have been late nine or mid 90s when this was happening but for some reason they all thought it'd be a good idea to drop the kids off you had to get special permission right i mean but your parents would drop you off there 30 to 45 minutes prior to school and you could get breakfast and then you had a crossing guard that would walk you across the street to school and then if you were you know if if you could you had to have the thing signed you got to walk after school back and you could get a snack and then your parents would pick you up from there i got to do that like my seventh and eighth grade year there isn't an there's no chance and you know where I would do that with my kid now. Like, I mean, my parents didn't think anything about it. We were all doing it. Everybody was there was no cell phones. There were no pagers even at that time to sort of make sure your kid made it in. He actually made it to class um, <laughs> to and from. It was back in the day of collect calls. Back in the day of collect calls. And I just, you know, I think about this call that. call is from, hi, mom, I'm at McDonald's. Come pick me up. With with Do fond memories. That's how I knew about they used to have cinnamon rolls. I don't know if they still have them now. I and, doubt it. And they had little specials for the kids after school that didn't want, you know, whatever it may be. Because most McDonald's are, are um, independently home. I know they some owners have multiples, but for the most part, they're independently owned. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just like what we did but absolutely not under no circumstance would i allow my sixth grader to walk across the street to just eat in an establishment without me there waiting on her for hours until i i mean not hours we weren't there for hours i think there was like kind of a nice little limit but times be a changing but back to comedian is there okay so there a comedian you would want to see in person uh not really. I'm not as into stand-up comedy as I once was, so I don't know many of the names nowadays. Like, I know Theo Vaughn. He does stand-up. I know Joe Rogan. He does stand-up. I know some of the people that have been on Joe Rogan's show are stand-up comedians. But really, it would. I'd have to have a time machine. 
I would have loved to have seen Robin Williams doing stand-up yeah. live or George Carlin doing stand-up live or Mitch Hedberg doing stand-up live. Those would have been shows that I would tell my grandkids about. When they say that comedy is the hardest form of art, like not just being funny in the way that you sort of say or sort of do things um, just out of nature, but like getting up there with a scripted comedic performance because even that has to hit right but then also it's just you like having to entertain everybody well, and it's it's also an art form to have an idea of of where you're going to go with your routine with the jokes that you've worked on and workshopped and practiced on other audiences or friends and family to make them flow one into another to where it feels conversational, the the observational comedy, instead of it being joke punchline, joke punchline, that that gets boring really quick. But when you have a really skilled comedian that can just take five ten minutes of time and tell a story, make it funny, tie in, bring it back around full, like all of those things that that you don't realize are a part of it because you're just sitting back letting it wash over you and laughing. But there really is a lot of skill in crafting that in a way that feels natural. It doesn't feel forced. It is by far the one thing, like when public speaking, obviously, I'm not not saying I'm good at it, but not bad. I mean, I'm not afraid of it. Like it wouldn't make, make me break out the sweats. But if you told me I had to get up and sing, in front of folks or do comedy in front of folks not like that nervous let me make fun of all the people in my life because i'm nervous and i don't know what else to do but make you know but to laugh but like actually try to like put that together those two things would make me absolutely break into sweat now there's enough alcohol to make my singing so bad that i wouldn't care or make me not care about how bad my singing was but there's not enough alcohol to make me funny so like to to make it like where the audience actually enjoys what you were trying to do so for those who get up there and have the guts to try and make an audience laugh especially if they're not going down a vulgar or whatever route like, well the other thing is you, you have you. a certain amount of time you're you're supposed to be on the stage and if you tell the first couple of jokes and they go you get nothing, nothing you got to just keep fighting through it or you have to back up and punt and adjust and work with it and that's some of the best is when they can change on the fly or work with the audience or have the ability to ask a question from the audience not knowing what they're going to say and run with that mm-hmm. one of the best shows is um um what's the impromptu show whose lines it anyway yes absolutely that, that that's also a, an art that this just underrated all right but stick with us we got more for you up next Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Rano, is 
this movie out? It's actually a re-release that just came out today. I feel like oh, I've heard this I before. Know. Oh, I can't think. Doom. Godzilla? Only because he made the. <laughs> he was give, he was trying to give me. They re-released <laughs> Godzilla minus one, the new Godzilla movie. The one that all the fans liked. They re-released it in black and white today. Ooh. So I wonder how that will fare. I wonder if it will. It'll be. I haven't seen it. I know nothing about Godzilla. I just love an underdog, and I appreciated the groundswell of folks coming out and being like, "Hey, this is actually a really good movie. You should go see it." And then folks were really jumping on the bandwagon and going, "You know what? It's surprisingly like yeah, really good." Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many movies this, in the last few months that seem to be overlooked for whatever reason. Um, and yeah, I don't know if people just aren't. Like they're being a little more particular about what they get out to mm-hmm. see because money's tight or the weather sucks. Yeah. Or just because they're just not quite used to getting back in the theater, maybe not liking crowds or whatever. But yeah, I mean, that one really picked up some momentum. I'd like to see. I don't know if I'd want to see it in black and white. It's just strange. I know you'd probably really enjoy that, Rhino. But I mean, I would. I would totally stream it if it ever came came on, just to see what the the fuss was sort of all about. But yeah, and that would totally feel like um, back when I was a kid on Saturday afternoons, the old Godzillas would be on, and they were all black and white. You know, so I think that'd be cool. That would be cool. All right, so you've gone and seen something since the last time we talked. What yeah. Is, so sp- speaking of movies that kind of get overlooked or lost in the shuffle. Um, origin. This is a movie. The reason I really wanted to make an effort to see it um, is because the star is Mississippi's very own Ingenue Ellis Taylor. If her name is familiar, um, not only is she from Mississippi, but she was nominated for a Supporting Actress Award for King Richard last year uh, or two years ago. Um, fantastic actress. And she is so good in this movie. I mean, just one of the best performances I've ever ever seen from her, but also just from any actress. So that that says a lot. Um, she was just fantastic in this movie. So everybody's talking this week about how Barbie got snubbed for director and best actress. But I feel like she's the one that got snubbed you know and i don't really know they got no oscar nominations and i'm really not sure why you know there's so much behind the scenes as far as timing of the release and all that so you know the other thing is there's so many good movies this year and so many good efforts so you know not everybody can get nominated but in my opinion i don't understand why um you've got poor things getting all this attention and that was a movie that i i just found it disgusting i hated it you know everybody i can tell i will tell them don't go see it and yet it's up for best picture and the stone got nominated so it's just funny how those kind of things work out but back to origin this movie is based on um, a real it's based on a true story um, and it's about a, a writer who she is kind of not really looking. She's written one book. She won a Pulitzer Prize. Um, so she's had success, but she's kind of committed to her family. She's got an aging mother. Um, and so she's kind of committed to not working as much so that she can help take care of her mother. And she loses suddenly her her husband 
and her mother. And so she finds herself, you know, all of a sudden she's got this time. And Mm -hmm. so she decides she's going to write another book. Um, And her whole thing is um, when the, um, you know, I guess it was like 2000, early 2012, 13, somewhere around that time. Um, she was approached by someone asking her to delve into the topic of racism. Um, and she said, you know, her opinion was that it was such a big topic that she had no answers for. And she doesn't like to write about anything she doesn't have answers for. And so that's kind of what started the ball rolling on her thinking about doing it. And then when she made the commitment to do this book, um, studying that topic, she went a little bit further and traveled the world, asked questions, read books, um, and really decided that some of our issues weren't really racism. It was more about society and how um, some people are labeled as better than others, regardless of your skin color or whatever. And she went to several different countries um, and just kind of explored that, wrote a book, and it was a bestseller. Um, I think it was released around the presidential election of 2000. Terrible um, timing. Yes, yes. Um, and Trayvon Martin, um, you know, that was part of her inspiration to get out there and write this book and um, you know, just it, it was just fascinating. Um, and the way the movie is done, you get to see her journey, but they also depict some of these events. Um, and at one second you find yourself smiling, um, you know, because there's some cute moments, but then the next second I'm sitting there bawling my eyes out, knowing that people lived through some of the things and, um, not only our nation's history, but the world's history. Um, but it's very compelling to me. It almost parts of it even had like a documentary feel to it. But I just felt like, you know, we talk about serious topics and this movie kind of puts a face to that. And I thought it was like a really good movie to just kind of get your mind working and, and educating yourself about, um, you know, how can we all be better? How, is it still out? Do you think it'll be streaming? Yeah, it's still out. I feel like it will be streaming um, soon, but right now it is not. So if you want to see it, you'll have to go in theaters. It was l- released last week, but it's widely released this week. So you should be able to find it anywhere. And that's Origin? Origin. And every time I saw the promo for this, as far as the movie poster, I thought it was like an alien movie. Uh, just the the image of her. Uh, and the name, but it's definitely not. It's the origin of this book is what that means. Okay. Or, and the beginnings of some of the issues that our country faces today. So I thought it was very good. Um, but if you do want to stream, um, Snoop Dogg, another Mississippian, uh, has a new do- a new movie out this week called Underdogs. Um, and it is streaming on Amazon. If you, Loved the Bad News Bears, um, you know, those kind of movies, the little underdog, you know, teams that aren't really good but somehow triumph. Uh, that's kind of what this movie is, but I will tell you, it, I have not seen it, but it is rated R, and I've read and listened to several interviews with Snoop, and he has colorful it, language. it's the language, and 
a lot of people, um, I mean, they're, they're saying the kids in the movie are cussing. Now, Bad News Bears, they did that, too, you know, when I was a kid. So, to me, it's probably kind of the same for our, you mm-hmm. know, our time now. But Snoop has, like, he is such an impressive person. I know he's got a reputation, but you cannot argue that he is a great talent and um this movie is getting a kind of mixed reviews but i, I think if you like snoop well, kids dropping nap bombs yeah. is probably gonna get you a mixed review. <laughs> that's true um but mike epps is in it snoop is actually in it playing the coach um he's a washed up football player uh he, he was a very successful football player but he has hit rock bottom and part of his punishment is he's got to, you know, have some community service on his resume. And so he decides he's going to coach this team. Um, so anyway, I think it'll be fun. It is produced by Kenya Barris, who produced Blackish and wrote Blackish. So if that's your kind of humor, you'll probably like it. You do hate, though, that because that will pause. I might would stream it, um, you know, whenever I get a chance to watch something fun and lighthearted alone. But he's so funny, like and with the kids. And I'm sure there's a good message wrapped into it being underdogs. You hate that the language barrier will keep me it will keep yeah, me right. from showing it to my you know to my kids and you know i'm obviously no saint they've heard and sort of drops here and there it's like <laughs> you can overlook but if it's you know if it's just part of the color of the movie then it just why yeah i agree that you know so much of what we see nowadays has just unnecessary language and you know i did see where there's two movies um or I guess going on here, I'd have to look it up. But um, Al Pacino, I was going to say Al Capone, but Al Pacino and, um, oh, Medea. Um, oh, yeah, Tyler Perry. I think they're both on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, yeah. maybe. Uh, Tyler was in Clarksdale. Okay, wrong direction. And I'm like, <laughs> if I had been walking through Clarksdale, well, first of all, I probably would have never thought, oh, I'd probably. I would have been like, do you know who you look yeah. like? Yeah. Especially, he's got a, the pictures I've seen, he's got a wig on, so. Yeah. Lots of good movies coming out yeah. of Mississippi, too, and those to go see, so thank you, Tanya. But you guys stick with us, we got more for you up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Good 
things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. If you have downloaded the Supertalk Mississippi app, you can always stream us live there from anywhere. And you can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And don't forget about Supertalk TV. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Thinking about movies, though, some that you just happen upon, I was sharing that we happened upon last Friday. I didn't want to do a streaming movie, Rhino, because sometimes... I know it sounds so first world, but you just don't want to go through the list. And then, you know, sometimes you just want to happen upon whatever's on the TNTs or the or whatever those uh, kind of movie stations are, because they're usually the throwbacks. You'd and, rather have it cultivated for you. Yeah, cultivated for me and just pick one of those. And then you get breaks to go pee and all the things sort of uh, broken up into it. And so I landed and I just landed on one. It said Terminator and it said Dark Fate at the end of it. And I don't know what they mean. I you know, like in terms of that. And I recognized, um, and I'm going to get the uh, her name, or I can't think of her name, but who was the character in the one that came out of the psych ward? She was the... Sarah. Sarah. Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. So Sarah Connor was in the frame that I saw to get me to stop. And she was an older lady, but I thought maybe this was the one after the one where, which is my favorite one, which is Terminator 2, when she gets out of the psych ward and they and then he becomes kind of nice. I had no idea. I guess this could be a spoiler alert, but Terminator or Arnold Schwarzenegger's character comes back and kills her son in an, in another one or at some point because they share that in the in the movie. So now she's mad at him. Ended up being the last Terminator is what I'm getting at. And I had no idea there was a last one. Like, I had no idea. Uh, last meaning recent. So this was in 2019. Now, that, that's not like recent as in this particular year, but it's recent as in you have a a wiser Arnold Schwarzenegger who has like sort of lived this life on earth. Anyway, if you hadn't seen it and you like the Terminator sort of series, like it, it wraps everything in a little nice bow for you. I was pleasantly surprised by it um and i you know i i was super shocked by that i think that i didn't I hadn't seen it like in a theater or uncut or any of that so they leave out scenes but yeah it had like a nice sort of story to it and like new characters but still the same sort of premise obviously the terminators who come from the future are a little more advanced than they were but they still had some of the same skills from the one that uh, from Terminator 2, which is the only one I ever really paid attention to. How many are there? I don't even know. I kind of gave up on them after, I want to say, the fourth one. Because you had Terminator, the original The Terminator in the 80s with the I'll Be Back. And that's where that started from. And then Terminator 2 was actually my introduction to Terminator. Yes. Because it came out in the early 90s. And it was Judgment Day. And it had the... The crazy liquid metal yes. Terminator and Sarah Connor getting out of the ran. psych ward. Yeah. yeah, that's the one that like that's about the only one that I've watched in, into its entirety. Right. So. Then you had Terminator Three, where they sent back the female Terminator that could like turn her body around and stuff, and it was like a next step up from the liquid Terminator, and it wasn't anywhere near as good as Terminator Two. And then the last one I gave a chance was. Terminator Salvation, which I think is the fourth one, where you had Christian Bale playing John Connor grown up in the future, dealing with a Terminator that didn't know he was a Terminator. And it it just got 
off the rails and i was just like i'm 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 done with these I, I don't need to see any more of these i've seen the best ones now they're just going down the drain so i might have to check out you said it was dark fate dark fate is actually really good i think you would appreciate it so genesis was 2000 and salvation was 2009 judgment day was 91 rise of the machines was 2003 salvation was 2009 reboot of the genesis was 2015 dark fate was 2019 and here on the great you know worldwide web of google as of 2023 terminator 7 is firmly locked in the pre-production and writing phase ah. but i think dark fate did well i mean it was a good movie and you know I guess there was such a that would have been twenty fifteen. Well, that's only four years. I don't know if is Arnold in all of them. I don't know. I'm not a Terminator um, at least historian. Makes cameos uh, like in Salvation that's set in the future. I don't know if he actually. Well, he, I mean, obviously he had to come back and film, but I think a lot of the filming was done with a body double, and because the Terminators in the future in Salvation are young Arnold the ones that got sent back in the Terminator in the 80s. So it would be kind of hard for old Arnold to play young Arnold, especially when you're dealing with the Terminator, you're talking about naked Arnold. Did you say naked? Yeah, he's, that's how they time <laughs> travel, is naked. <laughs> oh, what that's a the to, very beginning of Terminator 2. What a way to end the show in the it's week. naked Arnold going into it's the bar not. and getting clothes off the bikers. <laughs> He's not naked in the TNT version. All right. <laughs> Stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. you got the boys with sports. Oh, the clothed boys with Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here Monday at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.